This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle one issue also loosely and talk about our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was making music, and our guest was Utkarsh Ambudkar. Please enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I am Adam Lustig. And we have some fans to thank, Adam. Do we? We made a very specific request yep. on an episode a few weeks ago. Yep. We explained how to leave reviews in the iTunes comments Which section. was fairly opaque to people across all generation lines, not just my father, but also our peers. And we very clearly explained how to leave a review. That's right. And we left one very specific request. Write the word hyped. Hyped. Let us know you're hyped. Well... We woke up the day after that podcast came out. It was like Christmas morning. To sevens and eights of the word hyped on our iTunes Almost double-digit level hyped. It taught me that in order to clock how successful and um, attentive your audience is, you need to make specific requests. Ask for something specific. And our request to write the word hyped was unlocked it really paid off people listen so we cannot express our gratitude enough to those of you who have interacted with us commented on itunes let us know that you're hyped please continue to do so please because we are hyped as well hyped as hell and we'll continue to make specific requests to make sure that everyone's having a great old time exactly on this the no joke podcast it's like a test that you pass that we win last Tuesday, just a few days ago, yep. we had our good friend Mamrie Hart on the episode. What a delight. We talked about travel. We did. She is now already in France. She's traveling as we speak and perpetually and always. That was a bonus episode. Yep. And today's episode is also a special episode. Sweet. We not only have a friend of ours. Good friend. Who many people know from the Mindy Project as Rishi, her brother. That's right. Mindy Kaling's brother. Correct. They also know him from Pitch Perfect. Yep. They also know him from his podcast on HeadGum, That's Let's right. Talk About Me, Baby. Ooh. But today, yeah. today, April 8th, his album, Bang Bang, dropped. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> Welcome to the studio and the No Joke Podcast, Utkarsh and Budkar. Whoa. So, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's such a treat to have you here. It's funny that we are now on the No Joke Podcast because you and I have recorded probably 10 to 12 podcasts. Yeah. On your podcast, Let's I feel Talk like, About Me, Baby. I know. I feel like you and I could interview Adam, and it could be a joint Let's Talk About Me, Baby podcast, and then I don't have to work as much. Like the crossover episode where Kramer dropped by Central Park. Okay. You know, it could be like one of those crossovers. Yeah. yeah. When yeah, David man. Schwimmer talked to Kramer in that one scene. Exactly. Any configuration of the three of us could be a podcast, it kind of feels like. Any two of us could interview the other, and that would count. Depending on the success of this podcast... See if you want to just take it and also put it on your podcast. I already know that I do. Okay. <laughs> Can we please do it? No doubt. Of course. So, Adam. Yes. How are you? That's so funny. We both started interviews. <laughs> that really played out well. What to do when everyone's a host. Can I just say that I am actually a huge fan of this podcast. I've listened to all the episodes, and I must say my favorite was your mother. What's your mother's name? Susan. Susan and your father. Jeff. Susan should have her own radio show. You I, said that after you heard it. I told you this. She should be on Sirius XM right now 
giving life advice. She has the most soothing Susan voice I've ever heard. And you know what I really liked about that episode? It's hmm. I found it so nice to just hear a happy family communicate. Are your folks together? Yeah. They celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary, maybe wow. 41 this upcoming May. So they're, they're marital Congratulations. Bliss. That's beautiful. Yeah. My thanks. parents just uh, hit 37. Mazel tov. Yeah. Oh, I think, and that was recently, right? Because I think you posted something on Facebook. Or yes. Was that maybe for one of their birthdays? No, last week. Oh. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was their wedding anniversary. I try and just steal as much good credit off of them as possible. Obviously. You get mad likes for posting your parents. <laughs> Crazy likes. People assume that their love and commitment trickles down to you, whether that's true or not right exactly. meanwhile I'm, it's because my dad sends me a text like you forgot our anniversary for the 33rd year in a row and you're so your parents 37 years that's no joke though i mean that is that's domestic bliss no but here yeah i suppose yeah. so i think they they you know their dynamic has changed and grown over time it's really just about like i think they made a commitment and they stuck with it and yeah. that's pretty much like it's that black and white to yep. my to my mom and dad having grown up in india right but hearing your parents and how supportive they are of you Sweet people and how they talked about him uh, taking care of his brother. Yep. Very so relatable. Cool, man. Very admirable. Thanks, I Karsh. agree. Jeff's, Thanks. I'm sure Jeff's got some great music. He's got some great music. Yeah, he's less of the extempor, and I think I don't. Uh, he would be the first to admit this. He's less of the my, extemporaneous talker. My father as well. Yes, advice giver that I think my mom is, who's like very comfortable in that sort of public extroverted role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my dad is more of an introvert. Do your parents sort of split along the extro introvert lines oh, like yeah. that too? My mom is like. There's no moment of silence when she's around. Doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. You need the yin and you need the yang. We've <laughs> talked about this before. You don't need a yin yin. Mm-hmm. We've already got the yin. And we already got the yang yang twins. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's enough. <laughs> um, we met you years ago doing comedy rap battles in New right. York City. Mm-hmm. And it's fitting that this episode, the topic is making music. Oh, something you know a little bit about. I do. I know a little bit about it. You've been doing it for a minute, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it started off with like a tape recorder yeah. when I was maybe eight or nine years old. Uh-huh. My first song, okay, that RuPaul had a talk show. Mm. Uh, and on her talk show, she had this guy, Rob Morvan, from, who was a member of Milli Vanilli. Ooh, baby. And I heard this song that he had called love revolution okay i haven't heard it since that day (laughs) and i immediately picked up my tape recorder and i wrote the original song love revolution (laughs) wait what what do you mean you wrote the original song verbatim you wrote the lyrics out i took his melody and i took that hook the love revolution and then i wrote verses got it oh man i can't even remember what how old were you when you were doing this Probably nine or ten. And where were you when you were doing this? I was in my basement in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Which is where you were born? I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, Mm -hmm. then lived in Columbia, where I would make uh, songs joking about my friends. I had a friend named Keith Mm -hmm. who uh, we called PW. I don't know why. Plastic Wiener. Oh. Was uh, his wiener plastic? uh, I don't think so because he's got a child now. I think he's got a real one. But uh, He has a plastic daughter. I would That's make... one way of PW proving he doesn't have a PW. <laughs> oh, yeah. PW and I haven't seen each other in 15 years, so I'm more than that, 20 now. What's up, But Keith? I used to make joke songs for people, and that's where sort of the freestyling came about. I, I found that I had an aptitude for song. That's similar to me, too. It was one of those things where at like 13, 14 at parties, when just a song exactly. would come on, there would just be that like little group of three who all just kind of had this 
feeling inside them like, let's just do this. And before you knew it, the crowd would form around it. And it was just self-fulfilling. You just started doing it more and more and became known for it. At least that was my story. That's totally mine too, except I didn't have anyone who could do it as well. It was just you. But did you have people who would do it regardless, just to have partners in the cipher? Not really. Mm, Gaithersburg was lacking. Well, I think there was a guy named Tim Brown who could rap. He Mm. had bars. I remember him saying, I slaughter you for a quarter. I remember that was his like... Did he ever slaughter Ryan? someone for 25 cents? Oh, he's a very nice guy. No, so no, no. wouldn't play out. He was such a sweet guy. Name at most. Um, and Rafael Nunez used to play blues riffs on the guitar. Mm. And I used to sort of freestyle sing over mm-hmm. that. And then when I got to college is where I finally sort of like found my tribe. Yes. Like at NYU. Yep. That's where I found people who like Donald Glover. Yep. And so on and so Who you've done a track with, Billy. Yes, of course I have. Wowzers. Fat people do fat things. Hell yeah. You know, talking about those comedy rap shows and Donald Glover, I remember one show that we were doing. And in the UCB community, you want to do an 8 o'clock or a 9 o'clock show. Prime time. When you start going to the 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock, A, you don't know if an audience is really going to be there. And B, you don't know if you necessarily want to be there. (laughs) Right. And I remember, I think it was a midnight show that he and I, excuse me. Excuse Bill. We're both rapping in, and we were the first two there, maybe 45 minutes before the show, and we both looked very tired. And he just looked at me as soon as he walked in, and he said, I could be watching Mad Men right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Donald Glover is also very much a peer of ours. Adam, did you, you did a cappella. Yeah, that's the opposite of hip-hop. Oh, were you in the inharmonics? Or no, oh, man, that's I wish. Actually, that was an NYU acapella a, group or wait. mass transit. Mass Transit was I the wish. men's group. I we, think Inharmonics is actually a group from Pitch Perfect, and I'm being an idiot right now. I'm <laughs> you're sorry. Get, you're getting your fictional life and your real life crossed. I didn't mean to do that. Were there ciphers popping off in Voorheesville? Uh, are you kidding yourself? <laughs> would be. I would let me answer your question with a question. What the hey do you think? Absolutely not. <laughs> if you use the phrase "what the hey." Ciphers weren't are not popping off. They weren't popping off in your town. I, I was there was, any sort of equivalent to a cipher in Voorheesville? Hell nah. Um, I would say the only. I mean, my I was sort of on a, a bit of a hip hop island. Obviously, there were, I had peers and friends who were also hip hop fans. But like, right. I was going to basketball camp, and that is where I was exposed to Enter the Thirty Six Chambers, and that was the right. that was the beginning of the end, right? Or the end of the beginning, I should say. But those are probably concentric circles between loving hip hop and understanding and appreciating the rhythms of. It, and then doing something like acapella, which was just out there, something that you could actually do. Yeah. Those two things kind of cross over. You're scratching an itch. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't really until, like, my, I am in no way, I mean, I, not, this is not false humility, but uh, I mean, you guys are really, the two of you specifically are really good at freestyle rapping. And I can wear the suit of a freestyle rapper because my brain, I have an aptitude for quick thinking at the very least. Um, but it wasn't until, and I think we discussed this on a previous podcast, it was at a freestyle rap show of yours that one of Billy's friends, they needed like an audience volunteer to come up from the audience to like be the sixth idiot to freestyle. Uh-huh. All of Billy's friends jammed my name in the bucket, really stacking the Was this a uh, Shockwave show? It was. The first one the I down? ever did. The beatdown at Mo Pitkins. The Mo With Pitkins, that's Shockwave, right. Shockwave, was Eliza hosting at that point? She was. She Eliza was. Skinner, wow. Same thing, same yeah. thing. So that was my first foray into that, and then it was just like too fun not to do. I mean, it was too fun. Totally. And not you're to do. extremely entertaining at it because you lean heavily on character yeah like whatever's going on to put it yeah well no it's really there's that comedy rap battle world is a whole different ball game (laughs) go on you really have to come with a pov and a point of view agreed and adam you are very adept at doing that i learned the hard way because i would come as somebody who's i think proficient in freestyle rap in those situations much more so than the people doing it yes 
the audience immediately turns on you, much like none of us really want to see the Warriors beat the Bulls record. You don't root for the handsome exactly. guy on the comedy stage. Give me the fat guy. Give me the bald guy. Who's give me doing, the guy with yeah. the funny voice. Exactly. Because they immediately are oh, like, oh, you're good at the thing and you're good looking. Like, good for you. Oh, <laughs> lost. In a hip hop club, they're like, yes, you must be the best. In exactly. a comedy club, they're like, you're too good at this. Yeah, right. Exactly. We don't care. It's probably almost harder for the two of you to like, in because, yeah, you're right. Like, in the sort of freestyle comedy rap milieu, it's so pleasing and comforting. And almost a um, like a defense mechanism to hide behind the, as you say, the character of being like, my whole POV is like, I'm bad at this. Like, forgive me forever. I'm kind of bad at this. You get it. I'm but as good as not... you are, audience member. Like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing either. But you guys actually can freestyle rap. And it's not like you're going to suppress your talent up there, <laughs> suppress your natural skill. I've dumbed it down. Have you? Um, not I've really. I've usually just down. got knocked out in the first round for just failing at trying to be good. <laughs> I see. You know? I but have, of course, you feel like you've like cl- stepped a few rungs down the ladder to I've, sort of like even though I've lost on purpose because I just don't want people to not like me. <laughs> I really like would just rather MC people be like, oh, you did. <laughs> You did great. You're so good and blah, blah, blah. That was, yeah. that was you know, I'm sorry you lost. I'm glad have- you brought that up, <laughs> UTK, because that was something that I was so surprised to find out about you. We've probably rapped against one another in these freestyle shows a couple times over. Right. We did one at the Nerdist Theater in my first couple of months when I was here. Oh, yeah. And, and I got to say, and I don't mean to blow up your spot, but you were so incredibly, like, nervous. Like, you, you were just like, dude, this, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, that's so funny because... I already know that he's so talented at this, but it reminds me that every show comes with nerves and it just comes with wanting to do good at something. I, you know? uh, I get extreme anxiety before I perform. I always ask myself before I go on stage, why did I decide to do this for a living? Uh-huh. And That's a it, good thing though, right? That means you care in some capacity? I think I care very much. And also with freestyle, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. There's so many variables. You're just kind of like, I'm getting anxious thinking about it. Well, that's the truth and kind of the beauty in art is that it's all about how vulnerable you allow yourselves to be. And I find that the people who are more vulnerable ultimately kind of tell more honest stories or paint more kind of vivid art, you know, because they just, they don't self-analyze, they just do. Right. Which Um, is the challenge because I'm constantly seeing myself through other people's eyes. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So when I'm on stage, like I have a character specifically in the comedy rap battles who just flirts with whoever he's rapping against oh, man. and is effusively um, – uh, You're apolog- good looking. You're good at rap and you're flirting everywhere. You've shot yourself in three feet. Unfair, Utkosh. I'm flirting but I, and I'm also just complimenting over and over. Like when you said that one thing, I really enjoyed that rhyme and right. I'm doing it as I'm freestyling but I'm like – your shoes look really great. You look and like I'll do backhanded compliments. Yes, yeah, you know, and and that works out for me there. But in terms of creating music and writing, it's been very difficult because to tap into that real place, right? Mm-hmm. A vulnerability is tough because as soon as you get there, you're exposed, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, what if I put it, put these words out, and people don't like me? It's just that simple. And this is the authentic me in real time. This is the, the tr- my true self. Like uh, Alex Fumero, who we all know, is yep. like, you, you make these pop songs and you make a lot of shiny music. Why can't you go like the Kid Cudi route or the, the Drake? This was years ago. He was like something a little bit more dark or emotional. And I was like, that's just not, that's not where it comes from mm-hmm. for me. I think that's a great place for us to segue into the first song. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, the lead single. There's already a music video out. It's called right. Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. It's called Bang Bang. I love this song. I think that we pick up in the second act talking about going into this album and what got you here. Sure. Cool? Great. Yeah. All right. Please enjoy Bang Bang. Bang 
said you couldn't be alone, come over even though it's late. Told you I'd work early in the morning, but baby doll, I feel the same. The next night I decided to surprise you at your place. What do you know? You got another Joe's arms wrapped around your waist and bang, 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 bang. Oh, there you go again, putting a bullet in my heart just when I start to let you back in. You go bang, 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 bang. Oh, in my heart again. Now the blood seeps through my car again. And I'm at your window, hollering out, How could you give up on love? Said you couldn't be alone, come over even though it's late. Told you I'd work early in the morning, but baby doll, I feel the same. The next night I decided to surprise you at your place. What do you know? You got another Joe's lips kissing on your face. And bang, 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 oh, there you go again, putting a bullet in my heart just when I start to let you. That was Bang Bang by our guest, Udkar Shambudkar. Um, UTK, I love that song. Shut up, you hated Shut it. Shut up, dude. You, you hated you it. You hate that I love it, dude. You hate that I love it. Well, I, I like it, too. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> our friend, like you said, Alex Hernandez, he said you should make songs like Drake, and you said that's not authentic to me. That song is uh, definitely, definitely not like Drake, but it's great. I would say it has like a, a very awesome folksy sound to it. Well, this is a different uh, sort of journey whatever you call it exploration for me because i was in a hip-hop group called the b-tards big fam i'm like a battle rapper by pedigree mm-hmm. i was in this freestyle rap group with um freestyle love supreme Huge you're fam. known for rapping didn't you rap in the uh your first episode on the mindy project that's how i got the mindy project job right she saw me rap on pitch perfect mm-hmm. i'm a rapper i'm an mc no doubt about it he That's played hemes uh from the queens and brooklyn-based rap group uh, das das Racist. Racist. One of our personal favorite groups. Akash yeah. was tapped to kind of work on that story for So him. your identity, right. your musical identity especially, is so wrapped up in hip-hop that this does seem like an intentional departure. Right. Well, I mean, I love to sing. The thing is, is like, I don't have a voice like Adele or even <laughs> Justin Bieber for that matter or even Joey Fatone for that matter. I... I have a, a – this is the voice God gave me. This is my instrument. I haven't worked on it very well, but I had a guitar since I was 17. My buddy Zia Hassan stole it from high school for me as a graduation present. So sweet. And I've been tinkering away at that thing for a long time. 
so I had these songs that I had written with Miles Feld, who's a great uh, guitarist and he's a writer. And uh, we just kind of like got together and what was supposed to be kind of like a folk rap album mm-hmm. turned into this. And, you know, if there's one thing I've learned about making music is it's like, if you get it, make it and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Just start it and finish it. If you start thinking about the wide, the wide, uh, the bigger questions like, should I do this? Right. You won't. Doubt. It's, then it'll be crippled with doubt. Yeah. So yeah. it's... That's Adam and I learned that lesson the same way. We've talked about this on previous podcasts, but we've made these two albums called the Sleepover EPs, mm-hmm. which we've entered studios with no music, no beats, no lyrics, no idea what we're about to do. But we knew we wouldn't leave the studio for 24 hours because that contained, isolated creativity forces you to do something. And move on. Like a bucket you just full said. of chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucket yes. full of chicken. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I want a little piece of mind and oh, a little, little piece, piece of chicken. chicken. That's right. Yeah. A little piece of mind and a, a big piece. What is it? And I, I want a little piece of mind and a little piece of chicken, a little piece of mind and a bigger piece, piece of chicken. Oh, because right. the one little piece of chicken isn't going to fill you up. You know what I mean? You need the bigger one after that. It's a good reminder that you can find our music at snakesmusic.bandcamp.com. That's Heck right. Yeah. And yeah. at Ukar, you do so many different things. It's like your musical life is one sort of arm of your creative octopus, if you'll follow that metaphor, I guess. And do you feel like you get as nervous or whatever word you want to use, trepidatious or something, in the other app, in when you're on set with Mindy or, I mean, you just see the barbershop movie, like in the, that arenas, do you sort of feel the same kind of um, anxiety to use the word that you used? I mean, or is it really only in music? I think anxiety is a good word to use. Uh, it's a great, really, the only word you can <laughs> yeah. use. It's got the um, X in the middle. It's really nice. I'll tell you, with music, I always was like would look in the mirror and literally say this i'm the i would say i'm the greatest mc of all time yeah boy and i act too so there's that okay uh and this is what i would say to myself before shows to still to this day before i do any live show i do uh, andre 3000's verse from rosa parks as like my vocal warm-up okay uh, and the, spiritual hype up yeah yeah it's my meditation to the point that before freestyle love supreme shows everyone has heard me do it hundreds of times that we all do it together uh, now that's nice. and we've talked about freestyle love supreme a couple times why don't you just for the people at home who may, may not be familiar with freestyle love supreme give us kind of like the quick 30 second sell on who you guys were who you are yeah sure so it freestyle love supreme is a collective of uh, freestyle rappers, comedians, actors that include myself, Lin Manuel Miranda, who wrote and is now starring in Hamilton. Never Maybe you've heard, heard of it. that, anyone? Christopher Haven't. Jackson, who's playing George Washington on Hamilton. Davi Diggs, who's playing Jefferson. Anthony Two Touch Veneziali, who's working with Google now to teach improv to corporate people. Amazing. Really quick. For- why Two Touch? Uh, I I don't know. Two okay. Touch, thank you very much. I don't know. I, I have no idea why why okay, his name cool. is Two Touch. Okay. Shockwave, our beatboxer who was on the Electric Company, is about to do a show with me on VH1. Arthur Lewis, who's an amazing R&B singer. Uh, James Monroe Iglehart, who plays the genie in Aladdin. Wow. Tommy Kale, who directed Hamilton in the Heights. Grease Live. Bird Magic. The, and our friend the Sarah play. Burgess's new play, Off-Broadway at the Public, I believe he directed. Exactly. Yeah. That is a He's monster our cast list. Yeah. Who am I missing? Bill Sherman, who is the musical director of uh, Sesame Street, who has hap- almost at the- He needs an Oscar, and then he's got the E-Guy. Wow. Uh, and I th- oh Andrew Jelly Donut. It's a large collective. And you performed throughout New York for years, and still continue to perform. You guys um, are working on another project now, or are you always CISO kind picked of... up our old um, episodes that uh, ran on Pivot last year? Oh great! And so pitch that. Where, so where not pitch that rather sell that? Where can we see that on CISO? CISO probably okay. coming up in the summertime. It's a it's a show. It's like whose line is it anyway? Right. With freestyle rap. Right. And it's probably the best thing you can possibly do as an for me. It's the most 
most fun that I have on stage. It's in, it's incredible. Beautiful. The thing is, is acting now pays my bills, right? Thank God. I'm in this, I'm in a blessed space where like the line that I got into in 2005 had like five Indians in it before me, and now like I'm in the I'm in the line. I'm at the front of the line. You're Indian number three. Yeah, people filled in behind us. Yeah, really. I'm like Indian number seven. Okay. but like. I mean, for hip-hop stuff, I'm Indian number... If Barbershop calls, I'm Indian number one. Exactly. But, like, so that affords me in my music to do whatever I want. Which is interesting because I would say that most people would take success and be like, I can kind of make the big whatever's trendy right now type of music. But you went vulnerable. You you decided to explore more. Or you decided to at least show a different side, which I think is very admirable. Mm -hmm. I Yeah, I suppose so. Adam and I... Sorry to interrupt, but Adam and I, as kind of musical comedy guys Mm -hmm. i wouldn't give us the just musician tag no we can't we've never written something sincere no the 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 closest thing that has approached sincerity is in these sleepover eps just the 4 30 a.m once the comedy defenses are down sometimes they'll accidentally be sincere right certainly not intentionally vulnerable or sincere just almost out of fatigue yeah and it's a it's a real strange place to be in when you're known for comedy and then you put out something like bang bang is tongue-in-cheek it's a heartbreaking song um radio single i would say uh, yeah, I would say so too. It's poppy. It's it's fun. It sounds great, but the lyrics are literally um, verbatim text messages I was getting from a girl during a breakup. And That's I wait for interviews when the album comes out. You should mention that. That's great okay. marketing material. I will. No one's going inter- to interview me for it besides you guys. Well, I going- opted not to pay for publicity. <laughs> It's like ten thousand dollars, yo. Okay, Papa got to buy some chicken pot pies. <laughs> but you just it's leak one or the le- other. Leak the text. Just leak them to ew.com. Yeah, right. Exactly. And they'll be like, "Who? Who are you?" A little oh. bit in your life, it's either promote the album or eat chicken pot pies. That frozen food section gets awfully lonely, <laughs> okay. Adam, and it gets pricey. Yeah, but I hear you. Um, but there's no anxiety with music, right? Mm. Music for me is um a spiritual experience. Like the way that I say it is like I believe in a higher power or the universe, and Sometimes a melody comes into my head, like, and uh, my job then is to get the fuck out of its way. Don't overthink it. Just try and recreate it, at least at first, mm-hmm. to the best of my abilities, the way it was given to me in my mind. I admire that because we, the way that we would make music mm-hmm. um, is that we would just kind of be given beats and then we would have to retroactively put words to those beats. So it wasn't even like nothing was coming from the heavens when we wrote a song called do you like underpants? Do you like underpants? But there's that was a skill us in inserting that too. the dumbest words yeah. in some sort of rhythm yes. on a beat we were given. But that's a great structure, and I've written comedy rap songs as well. Sure. And it's great when you're like, all right, I'm going to write about an eco thug. I'm going to write about a guy who's who's the most gangster, who's going to shoot you and then pick up the shell casings and recycle them. Recycle them. <laughs> because that's that's what he does. Don't say, be a bitch. Recycle your shell casings. You know you know there are gangbangers out there right now who are also um, ecologically conscious. And they're... The, yeah. Those Venn diagrams definitely over... At this point, in 2016, and, like, there's thugs that are, like, voting for Bernie and, like, actually legit care about... Killer Warren. Mike, man. Killer his Mike. His name is Killer, Killer Mike. His name is Killer Mike. Yeah. So how do you, if you don't pay for publicity, which we've certainly never done either, is it just strong tweet game? Tweets, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made this album just out of love, and ideally, in terms of making my money back, I'll license it to television and film. Yep. Right. So I have a hardcore fan base of like maybe thirty thousand people mm-hmm. who are extremely loyal, very supportive, and are eager for new music. I bet. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's enough for me. Got it. So my definition of success with this music is li- was literally just to finish it. 
It was just to make like, yourself happy. Yeah. Just to build it, finish it, and move on. And the next stuff is all like pared down, 808, and maybe one synth mm. rap. Right. It's just straight rap, no hooks even. Okay. And that's Bars, like that's what's that. happening next because the music for me has been it's not a branch. It's more like the the trunk, right? The roots of everything. Like I started with music. Freestyle Love Supreme is how I got my agent. Right. Uh, Pitch Perfect was my, I guess, breakthrough. But before that, I was doing all urban theater and, and shows and stuff like that. Right. Pitch Perfect rapping. Mindy Project rapping. Right. Barbershop hip hop. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, without it, who am I? So I'm. it's almost one of those things where I don't want to stop making music because... I don't want to anger the gods. Sure. Anyway. Absolutely. That's you know the trunk of your mean? tree. Like that you makes said. a lot of sense. That's the trunk of your tree. Um, you just talked about Barbershop. Mm-hmm. I think that is awesome third act fodder. Okay. What song would you like to play off the album Bang Bang, now available on iTunes? iTunes. It's on Spotify. Great. It's on Bandcamp. It's everywhere you want it. You can have it any way you want it. Okay. You can have it. <laughs> Um, what song would you like to play in the two hole? Let's play uh, Reverie. Beautiful. That would be my pick too. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear what you guys have to think about it too in the third act, the okay. album. Let's do it. All these monetary missionaries with their homogenous imagery. The corporate wizardry have gotten me Feeling like a chameleon Changing everything and anything for the green Talking skinny jeans Gold teeth for credibility and everything In between that they're selling me Gave my soul to the devil for a check Spent it all on the mirror And I ain't got nothing left for the TV Video, radio, tell me to Looking for me, I'm 
Track two off of your album Bang Bang Utkarsh, available yeah. on iTunes and SoundCloud and Internet and Spotify, right. and at Sam Goody if this were 1989. Ooh, Sam Goody. Right? Yeah, but sure. it isn't. With the um, CD blocker. You know, exactly. the, the cage for the CD. You're not yeah. stealing this. Um, that song came just from, I was in my car, I was on Gardner and Sunset, and just that, that melody, that do 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 Yep. Yep. Do, yep. Do, 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 do. And I took that to my friend Jameson Hollister, who's the guy who plays most of the instruments on the album. Cool. And I was like, I-, I have this. This is my melody line. I don't know what to do with it. And he was like, well, I think you just sing that and we build around it. Sure. Awesome. And that's kind of – and then Charlie Bethel, a.k.a. Chuck Wild, a.k.a. Captain Planet. What's up, Captain Planet? Who you you can find his album all over the place as well. It's Take a incredible. Pollution down to zero. Esperanto slang. Ooh. He made the beat for it. And we worked on that and that all these monetary missionaries with the homogenous imagery and that came sort of in the moment. And then I had to build like you were saying, like Mm -hmm. I had a leaping point. That song doesn't the the music itself feels awesome. It right. feels like the way spiritually what I wanted it to be. Yes, the lyrics are kind of like on the nose and preachy when I listen to them now. And vocally, you know, we always want to perfect things, which is why this would have never come out if my goal wasn't to just finish it. Right, right. And then that little middle section, girl, if you're looking for me, I'm chilling in the VIP. That's from like 2004. Wow. Right. That was from like this weird. Do you know Jay Stolar? No, I don't think I do know. Oh, he was an NYU kid. His little brother and I wrote that in the VIP section of Spice Market and the Meatpacking District. I was dating a girl who was cocktail waitressing there, Uh and we were in the back like two losers by ourselves. No one else were there. Yeah, I would say that if you're bragging about being in the VIP to a certain degree, you're a loser. (laughs) By yourself? Yeah. With nobody there. And she was like... She was like, do, do you want to like sit out with everyone else? And I was like, no, we're nah, cool. Just yeah, like nah, We dropped $1,200 to <laughs> be exactly. by ourselves. Oh, yeah, no, it was all free. Insecure I was like, oh. I was rolling up with in flip-flops and a backpack. I, that girl was way too classy for me. Um, <laughs> but so that's how these songs kind of get pieced together. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that one of the sort of motifs in the album that I do so appreciate, Ukarsh, is that it uh, feels like New York is repped pretty hard in this album. Aside from the last track, Brooklyn, which is so great and truly made me instantly nostalgic for Green point and all of the brooklyn neighborhoods that you <laughs> yeah, cite truly yeah. um i'm the track before you got her sleeping up on 104th and um even avone yeah man so like this even avone is- was like a grip on a movie that i did called last call with Lori petty who gave me a signed picture of tank girl tank girl and we oh. we became friends it was never romantic and i think just like in the process of getting to know her I, I wrote that song with like four chords on the guitar but that song is also nine years old right wow these songs, like, part of it is, like, as you guys probably know, 
you have all these ideas and if you don't get them out, new ones can't come in. Because right. your mind, somewhere in the subconscious, it's holding on to it's it. It's finite. So, creativity is finite. It's like a, it's like your gigs on your phone, and it's your creativity. It's like twelve gigs are full. You gotta like get these songs out. Right. You have to record them and it's true and, and put them out in the universe. And Brooklyn also is an eight year old song, really, based on uh, my the girl. God, they're all women. I write <laughs> love songs. The girl Danielle that I was dating at the time was attacked in Ghana, in West Africa, where we were teaching and studying hip hop theater. And that song we made basically as therapy for her. No kidding. Because she was dealing with PTSD and struggling with it. She's married now. So I was like, can you sing on it with me? And she was like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> right. So I had Brittany Manor, who was also there in Africa and who's an, an amazing uh, singer in her own right, come and sing a lot of backup on, on the, the EP. Well, but, I got to say, right. it's a truly lovely New York tribute. That song is really... It... Most of the songs were written in New York yeah. with yeah. New York in mind. Good yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the third act of the No Joke podcast, and we talk about generally uh, our future with the topic in this right. subject. Right. Now, we could talk about the fut- our future in making music. We've covered a lot of music already. You have uh, a future week ahead of you that is pretty cool. You right. have the Barbershop movie coming out. Yep, Barbershop. The next cut opens April 15th. Sweet. Nationwide. And, dude, was that so fun? Yeah, that's sad. I mean, I've been co-hosting his podcast. Right. Uh, Let's talk about me, baby, on the Headgum Network. Yep. And <laughs> and a lot of the guests have either uh, worked on the uh, worked on Barbershop, been on Barbershop with him. So I feel a kind of connection to the movie as of well. Of course. I think that I've stumbled upon Adam our targeted request for our listeners at home. Hit me, Bill. Okay. <laughs> so on UTK's podcast. Yeah. Every time someone is associated with Barbershop, I've made a request to get me in Barbershop 4. I think, and I've tried a little, tested the waters. Barbershop, a cut above. Yeah. To get the hashtag trending. And I think this would look great on our iTunes review page. Yep. Billy 4, Barbershop 4. Love it. Ooh. Love Billy it. number 4, Barbershop number four. I love it. Please, listeners, hit us up on the iTunes comments. This kind of worked for Donald Glover with Donald for Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. He made that internet push to become Spider-Man. If nothing else, I think it made it on the approval matrix in in New York Magazine. We can get there. So, Billy for Barbershop 4. Okay. Okay. Hashtag it. Spread it out onto the social media sphere. (laughs) Like, you have no idea. We would love to see Billy as token white guy in the next Barbershop movie. That would be (laughs) fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) But until then, we will watch. UTK. Oh, yeah. In this barbershop. The token Indian guy. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So you got to work with some heavy hitters, though, man. I mean, like, beyond Cedric, etc. Is it Nicki Minaj in this movie? Yeah, everyone. Eve, Nicki Minaj, uh, Regina Hall. That was my favorite. That was my favorite name drop, Regina Hall. Regina Hall. I love Eve, but I love the name drop, Regina Hall. She's awesome, man. And she's got this big old uh, French bulldog named Zeus. Nice. Zeus is super cool. cool. Yep. Uh, Lamorne Morris from New Girl, Anthony Anderson, Sean Patrick Thomas, Ice Cube, oh. Common, Tyga, uh, who's a rapper of some repute. You're on the set. guy who played Biggie in Notorious. Oh wow, Jamal Gravy Look Woodward. At that. He's in it. You're on set with all of those hip hop beasts. Yeah, Common, Ice Cube. You know the, uh, these guys are so legit. Do you try and pick your spot to get a collab going with them? Absolutely, <laughs> right? Attaboy, Udkarsh. So take there, your shot. Attaboy. There are highlights to this. Uh, some balls I picked up and some I dropped. Okay. Um, one that I dropped was I would I sing a lot on set. I I just I do it to keep myself in the moment. Yep. 
Nikki <coughs> heard me and she was like, you got such a beautiful voice. You're always singing. You're always rapping. Common, who I've already buttered up, comes up to Nicki Minaj. And this is in the middle of the set in front of like 100 people. And mm-hmm. when Nicki Minaj sneezes, everyone looks in her direction. Right. So we are in the spotlight. Um, Common comes to Nicki and he's like, yo, he rhymed too. He's a – sorry, Common. I don't – that's how you sound. Um, yo, Thank you, Common, for listening to this podcast. Yeah. No, he listens. And remember, Billy for Barbershop 4. Thank you, Common. So Common tells Nicki like uh, – Yo, he rhymes too, and Nikki in front of everyone is like, "Oh, really? Uh-oh. What them? What you do? What them pockets do?" She and, said, "What them pockets do?" Yeah, she nice, said, "What them Nikki. pockets?" And you're do. like, "These pockets hold my keys." Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, "I've got a few. I've got like I don't Girl, know, six dollars. <laughs> These pockets are full of keys. So spotlight on you when you sneeze, <laughs> so, Nikki, please. Yeah, Nikki, please. So I could have spit something there, but I got a little wor- scared in the moment, and I did not." There was a point where I was sitting and beatboxing to myself, and Nikki came over and started freestyling oh, to my beatbox, dude. which That's was Instagram cool. gold. Yeah, you have to turn there, the phone yeah, around. Yeah, but Nikki's got to check everything before she posts it. Exactly. Nikki's like, and it's good. She's got a brand, and she's got to stick to it, as Lamorne told us. Yes. But um, also, oh, freestyling with Common and Cedric the Entertainer. Yikes. And I think JB Smoove, all of us sat around in a cypher. I have video of that. Oh, man. Yes. There was the time. Also, because I'm a hip-hop head, like I'm actively asking them questions about tracks, who produced this, who did the scratches on this record. Not to mention Straight Outta Compton came out while you were filming it with Ice Cube, while you were filming uh, Barbershop with no, Ice Cube? No, no, it was in post-production. Mm. Okay, so but that Cube had already happened. was also showing his dailies and stuff like right. that. Cool as hell. So I'm talking to Cube, and I'm like, Westside Connection, you know, uh, when you worked with um, the Bomb Squad, Public Enemies production team. I know my shit, right? No doubt. And so Cube, one day we're on a 10-minute break, which is for Cube as long as he wants it to be. (laughs) And uh, he gestures to me to his uh, large uh, truck, which maybe is an Escalade. I'm not sure. (laughs) It's like tinted out. And he's like, come here for a sec. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So he he, uh, pulls out a little Dre Beats like speaker, and he proceeds to play me for maybe it felt like 45 minutes. Maybe it was more like 30 an unreleased Ice Cube album from front to finish. No. What direction is Ice Cube looking at while that music is playing? Straight out the windshield? Looking at you for See, your reaction, gauging your response? Uh, not that. See, this is something that I, I genuinely um, envy about some artists, right? Because Cube is into his shit. Mm-hmm. He's bumping his head. And He's, you hear like yeah. Kanye West is like loves his music. Obviously. Of course. I, would, I am the person who leaves the room. Because I, I can't – I don't know if it's really what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time – maybe they're faking it, to be honest with you. But I also have a hard time faking it because I feel like a douchebag right. because it doesn't feel genuine for me to bob my head and be like, bang, bang, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Is right. the yeah. best? Yeah. Reverie, listen to my <laughs> dope. I'm the best. Right, right. <laughs> that So that's like something, a personal – a character quality that I sort of wish I had. But – that moment itself is fucking a dream come true, right? You and Ice Cube in a truck listening to unreleased Ice Cube? Yeah. I'd say that's pretty good. Adam has a story something like that. Yeah? We might have been in Montreal at the Just for Laughs Festival or something, but I remember you woke up to a panicked text that you needed to write a rap verse 
for Ron Artest. Yeah, that's right. That's oh, right. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Um, we were doing a. We were in Montreal for the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, and I that summer was working on this ESPN New York web series sports show uh-huh. with Craig Rowan and Matt Fisher and Dan Klein and some UCB hilarious people. Uh, and yeah, we had to write. We had access to Ron Artest. And he is like a pseudo rap. Yeah, yeah. He's released a track. I've heard his stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so we had to write a rap song about the New York Mets. Um, so yes, I did. Run I believe that I run our test. Yeah. So I believe that I it. I believe that I stole your girlfriend Marina's cell phone because I didn't have an iPhone at the time. That's because, right. Obviously, and I had to make <laughs> this call with the sort of producers and the ESPN folks and bat around silly lyrics. Um, That's right. For we found out like rap. a half yeah. hour later after looking for her phone that you had just stolen. I just took without it without advance notice. Without advance notice. It was early in the morning. Good I was friend. like, I could wake Marina up and be like, can I use this? Or I could shoot first, apologize later. Yeah, dude. Which is what I did. <laughs> yeah, which is what I did. Well, but- the topic of the show is making music. And sometimes it puts you in a truck with Ice Cube. And sometimes it makes you steal yeah. some phones. You know what I mean? UTK, it all started with a cassette and RuPaul. And look at you now, kid. Hell yeah, dude. Comment on Ice Cube videos. Also, this we don't is... have time to talk about the crew bin? Okay. We quite, literally, mu- we quite literally must. Okay. We have to. This is important. This is cr- of critical importance. I am a co-host on UTK's podcast. A lot of great conversation happens on that podcast. For sure. One of the greatest conversations that we stumbled upon was an idea that I had. UTK was talking about his love for sandwiches. I talked about the Cuban sandwich. Yep. I talked about the Reuben sandwich. Yep. And I said, there should be a sandwich called the Cruben. That on the Cuban sandwich, it's roasted pork, ham, pickles, mustard, Swiss cheese, Cuban bread. Preach. Take out that one slice of ham and replace it with the pastrami from a Reuben. Okay. Cuban, Reuben, Cuban. My yes. mouth is watering as we speak. UTK has a lot of fans and friends. 30,000. One of them runs a food truck, and he decided to make the Cuban a reality. I can't yep. even. So, first of all, thank you. Thank him, Ray. Thank you, Ray. Ray? On on Sunday, I get a text from Ray, and Ray goes, I listen to your podcast. I'm making the Cuban right now. How do I get it to you? And I said, meet me at 6.30 this evening, and uh, we can make an exchange. And and uh, <laughs> I immediately texted Billy and Alex Romero, who was there for the inception of this, yeah. and uh, they flipped out. <laughs> so this it came as advertised, except instead of a Cuban roll, it was on a homemade pretzel roll. Ooh. And I swear – to God Almighty, that it is the, one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten in my life, and thank you for making it a reality. You invented it, Bill. It's, you invented it. It's such a big deal that Ray just hit me up, and I asked Billy about this because he needs to know about copyright because it's a trillion-dollar idea. For real, though. Everyone's right. Everyone who just spoke was right. And you know what? Honestly, because it's in your guys' lane and you're great at it, that's probably your next song, the Krubin. Definitely mm-hmm. a Krubin anthem. Cruising for a Krubin. Yeah, we'll need some sort of. We'll talk to you. See if we can get Ice Cube on the track. For now, we have to wrap up. Okay. The No Joke Podcast. This Fair was enough. super fun. UTK. UTK. This moved real quick, and that's a sign of a good time. You're the best, yeah. dude. So um, once again, Bang Bang now available. Barbershop out April fifteenth. April 15th. Tax day, okay? Get okay. your return and go to Barbershop Go see the a movie. Bunch. And then right before you go see the movie, make sure you hop on iTunes and say hashtag Billy for Barbershop 4. Let's just get that going. <laughs> I'm Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. Our guest today was Utkarsh Ambutkar. Thank you for listening to the No Joke Podcast. We will talk to you next week. Get yourself a crewman. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>